Hi there, listeners. It's Farnoosh. And I just want to say I'm really honored that you've chosen to subscribe to So Money. I know there are a lot of podcasts out there. The fact that you're here is not lost on me. Now, if you're enjoying these episodes and you're benefiting from the advice and you want more, I've actually created something really special for us. It's called the So Money Members Club. It's an online platform where you can connect more closely with me and engage with fellow So Money fans who want to become more empowered in their financial lives. The website is So Money members.com. And when you go there, you'll learn all the benefits, including exclusive monthly finance workshops, private group calls with me. You get your questions answered in our member community. I'm often in there weighing in, and you get instant access to all of our workshop recordings. We have a robust library that's growing so far. We've had workshops on investing in real estate, kids and money, and how to earn more in 2024. And most of all, it's fun, positive, encouraging, all the things personal finance should be. Go to somoneymembers.com and I hope you'll join us. I'm limiting enrollment and doors will close soon. Check out somoneymembers.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hosting the So Money podcast for almost 10 years, I've been learning a lot about how to best serve you outside the show. I've begun to offer pop-up workshops and a So Money members club. And with each new line of business, a lot goes on behind every transaction. Stripe helps simplify and ease payments with tap to pay on iPhone, which helps me grow revenue and reach through accepting more in-person contactless payments when I'm out in real life promoting my programs. Tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe give me the ability to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup and no additional hardware required. And it's not just ideal for me. From local pop-ups to global retailers, Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe help businesses of all sizes accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. Whether your customers want to use their card, Apple Pay, or other digital wallet, now you can accept contactless payments right from an iPhone. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. So many episodes, 1627, Navigating the Fear of Bringing Your Whole Self to Work with Regina Lawless, author of Do You. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Karabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry. You're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life. Welcome to So Money. We have societal expectations that go beyond even the struggles inside the workplace. So I know what it's like trying to balance the pressure and you're dodging microaggressions possibly at work. And you're always trying to be on to make sure that you're perceived as on top of your game, and then you have to come home and you might be not only the breadwinner for your immediate household, but you might be having to help extended family. You are oftentimes trying to be a leader in your community or your church. So there's all these other things that layer on and the way Black women are socialized to to be the strong Black woman. 
Welcome to So Money, everybody. I'm Farnoosh Tarabi. It's Monday, February 5th. Uh, lots of people joining the So Money Members Club. If you haven't heard about this, it's my exclusive monthly membership where you can connect with me and other like-minded financial peers. We're going to have live financial trainings every month, live office hours with me, a whole ton of resources, and of course, the community. Would love to see you there. You can go to somoneymembers.com to join. I am limiting this first and enrollment. And so if you want to be a founding member and get in at the lowest price ever and grow with us, go to somoneymembers.com, learn more and hopefully sign up. All right. Today's episode is about how to bring your whole self to the workplace safely and successfully. I touch on this a little bit in a healthy state of panic in a chapter called the fear of exposure. This idea of being vulnerable and transparent everywhere, including at work, well, I can appreciate that. I think sometimes you have to be very careful. Not every workplace is conducive to that. And so so while we wait for the world to become more accepting, how do we navigate the potential backlash when we expose our differences? Our guest today is Regina Lawless. She's the author of a new book called Do You? A Journey of Success, Loss, and Learning to Live a More Meaningful Life. Regina's mission is to help high-achieving Black women find purpose beyond their paycheck in order to experience more bliss in their lives and sustainable success at work and at home. Here's Regina Lawless. Regina Lawless, welcome to So Money. Congratulations on your new book. I love the title. Do you? <laughs> Thank you, Farnoosh. I'm so excited. I'm excited to be here and I'm, I'm doubly excited for the book. Yeah. Well, I know books are a journey. We were talking offline, like you write the book and you think, okay, I'm done. Hands folded. No, (laughs) the journey has only begun. That's a huge milestone. I will say, you know, writing a book, but then there's a whole, uh, you know, more, more to come, more, more good things, I think. And on the other side of, of writing a book, I firmly believe that. And your book is really, really special. The subtitle is, as I mentioned, it's called Do You. And the subtitle is A Journey of Success loss and learning to live a more meaningful life. And as I was learning about you and reading up on your work, your primary audience, who you really love to help high achieving black women like yourself. Yes. And before we get into the pages of the book and, and some of the stories that um, were so powerful, tell me a little bit about your audience, these high achieving black women and why you want to serve them. Yeah, I, so it's important for me to serve the audience that's not only near and dear to my heart because I've walked this walk, but I I think ultimately I understand the challenges so deeply. So when I was thinking about being a DEI practitioner, I always want to help everyone. Like I I feel like I want to share, share my gifts and talents and and be inclusive and, and help everyone that I can, which I think the book in many ways is for everyone. But when I thought about building a community, I really wanted to focus on um, high achieving black women leaders, because I think that I know that we have additional pressures when it comes to 
often being one of few or the only um, person in leadership at our companies. And so that in and of itself is a challenge when you're the lonely only. But then we have all of these additional familial obligations. We have societal expectations that go beyond even the struggles inside the workplace. So I know what it's like trying to balance the pressure and you're dodging microaggressions possibly at work. And you're always trying to be on to make sure that you're perceived as on top of your game. And then you have to come home and you might be the um, not only the breadwinner for your immediate household, but you might be having to help extended family. You are oftentimes trying to be a leader in your community or your church. So there's all these other things that layer on and the way black women are socialized to to be the strong black woman that adds extra pressure. So I, I want to help us decondition and learn to still be successful, still be driven and strong, but strong doesn't have to mean self-sacrificing. Strong can be whole and strong really is about finding your joy and your purpose. I just got back from the ROI Millionaire Summit in Rico, run by Rachel Rogers. If you don't know Rachel, she's fabulous. Connect you, Uh, but yeah, I was in this incredible room with high achieving, mostly Black women, and I will add another reason why it's important to serve them because they are phenomenal. They're like they're thank you. The work that they're producing, the way that their minds work, the visions. I was so inspired and. I was texting a friend of mine who uh, she and I started a uh, once upon a time, a pop-up museum, financial independence. And she's Ooh. like, I love making black women rich. I just <laughs> and my I love her. She's like a white woman from Idaho. Like she's, I just love it. I love it. I love it. And I love to make all women rich, but especially black women. And because you, as you point out, you have so much to give. You have your families you're taking care of, your uh, parents or others, your, your caregivers at large. And I think I'm also hearing from you that there is this underlying fragility that is unique as well, where, you know, even as you are maybe at the helm of your career and all the cylinders are turning, that when there is a crisis, that it can be even more difficult to pick up the pieces. And you yourself experienced an incredible crisis that you opened the book with and you were very generous in bringing us into your life in that way. But the story of your husband passing all too quickly from a heart attack, you tell this story right after you tell us a story about leading an incredible meeting at Instagram, the head of Instagram, And I have to believe that those two stories being told in succession was very intentional. And I want you to tell us why you chose the positioning of these two stories, first with the success and then with this incredible loss. Yeah, so absolutely intentional. I wanted to juxtapose being at the height of my career, like Instagram was my dream job. And so I had landed that job. I was six months into it and I was loving, loving my life at that point. I I felt like, ah, I finally made it all of these years of striving. I'd been in HR for 18 years or almost 18 years at, at that point. So a lot of hard work went into getting to that 
level. And then in an instant, my husband died and he was 45 years old. So you don't expect that. And I was 40. So to be widowed at 40 was not even in the realm of possible options that I thought for my life at that point. And so I wanted to set the story there just to, I think, help anchor that a life happens in an instant and part of how we grow is figuring out how to pick up the pieces. So I, I hope that can be a, a point of relation for other people who are going through. It doesn't have to be the death of a spouse like I experienced, but we all have these unexpected things that happen and knock us off our path. And do you is really a compass for people to get back to their true north. Mm. You talk about picking up the pieces. What were the pieces for you? I know you have a child, you are a mom. And so that in and of itself is some ways the only piece that matters um, in that moment. But as you are grieving and reflecting, what are the thoughts that are coming to you? And the ones that specifically led you down to the path you are on today, like what were the whispers as you talk about in the book? Yeah. So there were a few things going on. So first and foremost was my, my kid. He's, he was 15 when his dad passed. He's 18 now. And in his first year in college, hallelujah. (laughs) So, yeah. So I was worried about him because that's a pivotal age to lose, you lose a parent. And then other pieces that I had to pick up was my career. So when you lose someone so close to you, so suddenly there's the shock is so disorienting. And then you layer on the grief and the depression and all of these feelings of guilt of what could I have done? And just a whole litany of emotions that I was trying to process, but I needed to pick up my career. I needed to pick up myself. That was really the first thing that I was so disoriented. I didn't even know who I was anymore. I had been with my husband for 21 years. So we met when I was 18, my entire adult life was with this person. And so I didn't even know how, like which way was up in the beginning. So what ended up kind of leading me to this path was first and foremost, going on this journey of rediscovering myself. Like, who am I at my core without work, without a partner, even without necessarily being a mom? Like, who am I first? Because I believe you have to take care of yourself first before you can be these other roles and and do these other things for other people. So that's the first step was to heal myself get back in touch with who I really was. And then the other steps became more apparent of like, oh, I like this. Oh, I remember I love dancing. I remember I love, like, I want to travel. So I did all of that self-discovery and came back to myself, which led me here. And in that process, you, I'm sure, were remapping success. And what's your advice for someone? And maybe again, bringing out your own journey here, but advice around defining success or redefining success because you've done now the work of maybe centering yourself. That can be scary because it could look very different and we don't like change. And that might involve bringing others (laughs) on board with that. Like I want to change careers and that not only affects you, but maybe others you're taking care of. And I guess the question is, how do you know you've landed on the right idea of success and then how to pursue that? safely. 
Yeah. Oh, gosh. I don't know if it can ever be truly safe. That's part of the challenge is we do get stuck, I think, in um, our comfort zone. And for me, my original definition of success was what we're taught, particularly in America. It's that quote unquote American dream that you get, you land a corporate job and you chase this paycheck so that you can pay for the house and the, you can have kids and the dog and the, you know, fill in the blanks. And I, especially coming from growing up as a kid, I didn't have, my parents didn't have a lot of money. So all they really could give us was love and then work ethic and, and value of education. And so that was my idea. Like you just work really hard. You put your head down, work really hard, and then you move up the corporate ladder and then ta-da, one day you've arrived. And I did all that and found that I was not fulfilled. It was like, oh, that that's it. <laughs> I'm here. And that you this get is bored. Because you, you get, get yeah. <laughs> And then so when my husband passed away and and let me even take a step back, because you mentioned the whispers that I talk about in the book, I had known even before he passed away that I wasn't fulfilled. So there were points in time where I would just hear this voice in my head. Ah, gosh, like this isn't really fulfilling. This isn't what I thought it would be. I don't feel like I'm using my talents. I don't feel passionate about the work anymore. And when he died, that was the final straw to really re-examine it. And when I started to think back about those whispers, that really led me to understanding that success is really about aligning with what you're really strong at, what you're passionate about. And then thirdly, I think it should be, you should find a way to be in service to others, do something that's bigger than yourself. And so if you can align those three, I think you're on the path. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be easy because to your point, you're usually at a point where you are making if you're successful, you're making a comfortable living or you have other people relying on you. Um, and so once you decide to change your career, that affects everybody around you. And that's what kept me stuck for a long time. Like I, I was a breadwinner in my relationship, so I couldn't just decide to quit my job. Um, so I would encourage people to lock in on that vision and then start to take steps towards that. Don't, don't let other people or even the feeling of comfort keep you stuck because I promise you, you're going to be happier and more at peace once you align to what your purpose and your passion is, but it could take time. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes so you can see new homes first, and they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin 
Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today. Did you know that I'm a podcast host and also a mind reader? Because I know that you want to grow your portfolio to deal with the rising costs of inflation, to pay off your debt or your mortgage. You want to attack pretty much anything standing in the way of you and your financial freedom, right? Well, here's one solution, more knowledge. This podcast helps, I hope. And you can use Yahoo Finance, where you can get access to the news, data, and tools that you need to help reach your definition of financial freedom. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been the brand behind every great investor. They're the number one finance destination, and I know because I worked there for many years, producing a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, customizable charts, so much more. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor, yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. That's yahoofinance.com. For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy? You want a bra that's comfortable? You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. The weather's getting warmer as I record. It's a nice 73 degrees on the East Coast. So finally, time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and fingers crossed hello to shorts and tees. And I need to update my wardrobe for the long haul. And you know, I don't want to spend a fortune. So luckily I found Quince. I'm honest. I've got a lineup of timeless pieces from Quince that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I'm talking premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat jewelry, and tons more. Best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. I have t-shirts from Quince, pajamas from Quince, my very chic and fashionable sister-in-law, Hannah, her whole closet is Quince. And people often stop us and ask, where did you get this? Don't tell me the price. And then when I do, they're shopping on Quince.com. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to Quince.com slash so money for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash so money to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so money. Yeah. Anchor it and then small steps because the risk is that you could burn out. Mm-hmm. And, and you have to make an immediate change and that can also be costly. So it's absolutely becomes this fulfilling prophecy. <laughs> yeah. Do it before like it's done for you. Like, <laughs> like the whisper and before the whispers become a shout. When you have worked at major fortune 500 companies and I was reading in your book that often you were the one minority black woman. And there was one scene where you were like, 
just picking out what I was going to wear was always like top of mind because you're in a room full of white men. How do you dress for the occasion? And, but more importantly, where do I, what do I do with my hair? And I just want to touch on this a little bit because it opens the door to, I think, a bigger conversation about bringing yourself to work. And your book is called, Do You? And and so how do you do you in a world where you're the only, the other in the room? And that can, while we want to feel like we can do whatever we want and show up however we are, there could be a cost associated with that that is not our fault, but that's just because the world is the world. And there's racism, there's sexism, there's ageism, there's everything. And it's micro and it's macro. And so I would never want to tell someone, go in and just be you and be, be you a hundred, you know, a hundred miles an hour. If then it ends up costing them, how do we protect ourselves? Not everyone needs to know your truth. First of all, can we just all feel agree to that? Like those white men don't need to know how beautiful you look in your hair because they... (laughs) Or they don't need to touch your hair because that's also happened. It's like, please don't (laughs) pet me at work (laughs) or or outside of work. But yeah, yeah, it's a really I'm so glad you asked this question because the the, I think the conventional wisdom or the aspirational wisdom is to be yourself 100 percent like warts and all. Um, But I'm pragmatic. And so I, um, I do say that I like to encourage people to get to an environment where you can be the kind of best version of yourself. Um, so if you're in a, in an environment, like I was in mostly male, um, mostly kind of older white men were the kind of the role models as I, I describe in the book, because those were the, that was the makeup of the leadership team. And so, um, I had to eventually get myself into positions where, um, it was not as stodgy, if you will. (laughs) I worked at a bank and it was like super conservative in terms of how people dressed and how they spoke. So Instagram is like the, um, almost the antithesis of that. (laughs) So eventually I made myself to a, a, a place where I could be a a truer version of myself. But while I was in that version, I did, I think you have to make a calculation. It's like the saying, when in Rome, um, you have to make a calculation of what, what are you trying to achieve in your career? And with that, if you're aspiring to be into leadership, there are some written and unwritten rules for how whatever company you're with or whatever organization you're with, um, how you are successful. And that comes with what the culture is, what the style of dress is, what the jargon is, how do, how do people talk and interact with each other? Now, I do believe you can bring parts of yourself into that. I feel like I over rotated because I was fearful. I over rotated into just being this cookie cutter, like I tell in the book, like I wore a wig instead of wearing my natural hair because I was so afraid that I would be perceived as, as unprofessional or people would not see me as competent because of their own biases. Um, so I think I went to the extreme. I think there's a medium ground where you still can be, um, you can present yourself more authentically. You can, um, 
actually bring more of yourself, but that also comes with an environment that allows that too. So that's why I'm saying like, try to get into an environment where you can, where they value difference, where they value unique perspectives, then that gives you the permission to be a little bit more. But until you get there, yeah, there are some trade-offs that have to be Mm. made. It's interesting to hear you say that as someone who ran DEI at Instagram and even you yourself having these calculations. I think it says a lot about, well, can, where does that leave everybody else who may not have <laughs> the leadership, the stature, and also the, the background and the education in this? Can you give us an example of when you were in this leadership role in DEI? What are the what are the complexities? What what were you hearing a lot from? your women employees, women of color employees in terms of like, whether it was, um, you know, that just the HR problems, what were the HR problems that, that you were solving or trying to help solve? Oh, that could be my next book. There are so many, but, (laughs) but generally speaking, right. right, HR tell all, I have to change uh, all the names. Right. That's a thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The root issue that we were trying to solve or what what we got feedback from people experiencing is this notion that people were, whether it was overtly or mostly it was um, unconsciously having their work and their um, kind of their credentials or their expertise discounted. And so oftentimes what we would see and and the, what we would hear from employees is that, um, if you were the person that looked different on your team, oftentimes you're getting overlooked for assignments. You're not getting the same development. Your manager is not spending the same amount of time with you. And that has a lot to do with similarity bias or affinity bias Mm. people, we are naturally tribal creatures, right? Like we we've learned over evolution that we kind of stick together. And, and if you conform to the group norms, you don't get kicked out um, of the group and then are left roaming. (laughs) By a woolly mammoth. Yeah. Right. (laughs) So that dynamic is still at play in, in our modern era. It's why you see the pressure to conform. Um, And part of it is because like attracts like, and and people tend to um, give more um, opportunities to people who are like them. They are overly generous. They tend to have this, there's this halo effect of, oh my gosh, well, Matt is awesome. And Matt (laughs) is like, just like me. Um, There's the, just like me, isn't like often recognized, but that's really why the person thinks Matt is awesome because Matt we're, is just like that. Um, we're narcissists. No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> At our root, right? <laughs> so that is what, that's what people were facing all like from entry level, all the way up, even to the leadership level. I, I would find myself in meetings still having to fight for my voice to be heard or my ideas um, in, in certain circumstances because I'm coming with a different background, a different perspective. I don't talk, look and act like the norm. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that that's really the fight to get managers to be more cognizant of you almost have to work twice as hard to trick your brain so that you're being more equitable and inclusive to people who aren't like you. 
Yeah, it's uh, the, the tribal stuff always gets me. I, I talked about this at ROI um, when I was there and, it you know, imagine we're still so hardwired based on eons ago, the way that humanity worked. Can you imagine how you may be influenced by something that happened to you a year ago or 20 years ago? <laughs> you know, recency bias is also a thing. And mm-hmm. so- yeah, we have we have a lot of uh, human conditioning to sort of overcome. As you're looking at this year, 2024, now we're, I can safely say maybe two years from the like the thick of COVID. I think this we've had a lot of we had a lot. We've had some time now to kind of reacclimate. People are still working from home. A lot of people have moved and have stayed. Uh, relocated. And and so our lives have just been in many ways upended, sides, side weighed, you know, it's just everyone's like kind of like living a new version of themselves from pre the before times. What do you see as some of the trends that we don't even know about that are on the horizon for that, that are might be positive that people who are interested in moving up and uh, journeying through their career, moving into leadership positions, particularly again, women of color, what's your guidance or advice for them? Things to look out for, things to um, get excited about. I'm really excited and encouraged by this paradigm shift of people realizing that there is life outside of their careers. Now, companies may not like this <laughs> as we're seeing. Like The companies are like, no, 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 come back in the office. I want all the butts in seats so I can watch everybody. Um, but I'm encouraged by you can't put the genie back in the bottle, um, if you will. People have now experienced life outside of... <laughs> I'm sorry, but CEOs who are still griping about stay at work, oh, sorry, stay at work from home culture. Yeah. And it just, it it's going to lead to depression and a lack of connection with your team. And I'm like, nope, I think it's great. Right? <laughs> exactly. I am team. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to my office every day is like 12 steps from the kitchen mm-hmm. to my desk. I think that's a good thing. Yeah, because you can get so much more done and, it, and you can can have a more integrated life. Like I used to be so stressed out commuting two hours each way to work. And then by the time you come home and if you have to cook dinner or like for me, sometimes I'd be helping my son with homework or a project. And then all the other stuff you can't get to during the week just piles up on the weekend. And it just, it's, it was a recipe for always feeling tired, overwhelmed, stressed out. Um, so I love this new era that we're in. And I think that gives, I think particularly for women of color who have all of these other responsibilities outside of work, it gives us more opportunity to rise up the ranks in leadership for within companies that embrace that that work-life integration. And I think it also opens the door for people like myself to say, maybe there is life beyond corporate and maybe I want to start my own thing and, and follow my passions that way. Because now like, again, we've gotten a little taste of this alternate universe now that like, you don't have to be in a, in an office 50 hours a week. Wow. There's, it's, it's nice out here. The the air is fresh. (laughs) And to bring it back to your book, I think this new era that we're in, hopefully this new 
normal, this with more flexibility and more choice when it comes to how I work and where I work and what I do, it really allows for your framework to thrive. This framework in the book where living a meaningful life means, as we talked about, redefining success, reconnecting to your heart, restoring the body, because now I have time. Mm-hmm, right? <laughs> I'm sorry, you need time to need time. pay attention to your body. Reframing your beliefs, renewing your spirit. You also talk about reinventing your routines. What was a routine that you squashed then? And what did you replace it with in this new, um, in, in this new life design of yours? Yeah. So, um, my morning routine has been the biggest reset for me. So I used to get up and just immediately, like when I was commuting, this is pre pandemic, I would just immediately get up and have to start getting ready. There was no time for mindfulness. There was like instantly get up, get in the shower, get dressed, get on the road. Um, and then during the pandemic, I just replaced that commute with work. Like I would just get up, maybe throw on a nice top if I, had to be on zoom. Right. But still have my PJ bottoms on or yoga pants, but, um, just jump into work. And now I've replaced that with having just taking first thing in the morning time with myself. So whether that be yoga, stretching, meditation, and I then will walk my dog. I used to have that in reverse. Like I would even put the dog before me. (laughs) I would go and walk him and set out his food. And I was like, time out. Okay. He can wait. (laughs) Let me tend to myself. And then I will go and walk him and do all the things. So switching that morning routine and just having a space to just, um, and even if I can only do it for 10 minutes or even five minutes, just having a space, just me, I go into my office and sit with myself quietly. And even for five minutes, that sets me up for a better uh, day than when I was just waking up in chaos. I can't wait to finish your book, Regina Lawless. Thank you so much for stopping by and everybody check out Regina's new book. It's called Do You, A Journey of Success, Loss and Learning to Live a More Meaningful Life. You also have other offerings. Tell us about all the ways we can work with you. Yeah. Through my company, Bossy and Blissful, I offer one-on-one coaching for women who are looking to do do them, to do you. Um, and then I also, um, coming this year, I'll be starting some courses. We'll be actually go- blowing out the offerings for um, group coaching for Bossy and Blissful and retreats are coming. Ooh, so retreats. Yeah. I, I think that's going to be a huge trend this year as it has always been something people enjoyed. I think the, the in-person gathering there, it's irreplaceable, but I think now more than ever, we really want to do that. That's where we're going to be putting our money. I think. I agree. Yeah. Smart. It's needed. It's really needed. Regina Lawless. Thank you so much. Congrats again. Thank you. Thanks so much to Regina for joining us. Her book again is called Do You? A Journey of Success, Loss, and Learning to Live a More Meaningful Life. That link is in our show notes. Also, if you're interested in joining my So Money Members Club, that link is placed for you in our show notes. We are quickly filling up. So if you're interested in coming on board and becoming part of the community behind the scenes with me and others, this is your chance. I'll see you back here on Wednesday. And I hope your day is so money.
For the longest time, I dreaded buying bras. It was like shopping for jeans. Impossible. You want a bra that's sexy. You want a bra that's comfortable. You can't have both. Well, now you can, thanks to Third Love. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, the ick, the ugh, out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem or problem. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school. Get smoothing, you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made with premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. Comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. They even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get $15 off your order with the code podcast15. Whether you need to buy or sell, or you're just obsessed with looking at homes for sale, Redfin's got you covered. Redfin updates their listings every two minutes so you can see new homes first. And they give you personalized recommendations based on the homes you like so you can find the home that's just right for you, whether that's a cabin, a craftsman, or a castle. With the top-rated Redfin app, you can favorite homes, share listings with others, and schedule tours even the same day with a local Redfin agent who can help guide guide you through the whole home buying process. And if you're looking to sell, Redfin agents have the experience to get you the best price possible for your home. That's because they sell twice as many homes as other agents. With a listing fee as low as 1%, Redfin's fees are half of what others often charge, which means you'll have more money to put towards what matters most to you, like your next home. In fact, last year, Redfin saved home sellers $127 million. No matter where you are in your real estate journey, Redfin can help. Download the Redfin app to get started today.